0: Welcome to Ana High, the show about the intersections of cannabis, design, culture, and lifestyle. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. And I'm your host, Michelle Bilodeau.
1: Ana High is produced and distributed by Business of Cannabis, the award winning media company that provides insight into the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis industry. Find out more about Business of Cannabis at businessofcannabis.ca.
0: Hello, Michelle. Hi. Nice to see you as always. Good to see you too. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. Mm-hmm. We have another good one.
1: I mean, we're so lucky. We land some pretty awesome interviews on this podcast.
0: Well, and it's a testament to the the nature of such a new industry, I think, that so many people have such energy and excitement and such, um, like there's such innovations happening because there's mm-hmm. no baseline. There's mm-hmm. no, like, we can look at what happened you know, three years ago, yeah. like everything is literally, you know, it's the mindfulness industry. It's live in the present because yeah. that's all that's happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think um, I've worked kind of on the other side. So I've done some brand creative with a couple brands and it's interesting the parameters that are put around uh, cannabis and how it's talked about and advertised and marketed. Um, and that Some people would find it stifling, um, but I think in the cannabis space, it's actually allowed for people to kind of get really creative. And I find that fascinating.
0: Well, and our guest today, Allie from Burnt, is a perfect Mm -hmm. example of that as someone who has worked in consumer psychology and branding her entire career to be able to take that into a brand new industry and really craft all kinds of things around the messaging and the imagery yeah. is super interesting.
1: And I love that that's her background, consumer psychology, because I think having that in your back pocket in a new industry is very important.
0: And the burnt aesthetic, I mean, we've talked about our disdain for the stoner bro many, many times. Many times. And the the, the clean lines, like it's almost Scandinavian meets... Japanese in their concrete line but then Mm -hmm. they've got some new stuff coming out that we're going to talk to her about which is yeah not at all
1: I'm excited to to hear and see what they have down the pipeline as well um I know their design aesthetic is very I think it's needed I you know we talk all the time about the need to elevate the cannabis space and I think burnt is one of the brands out of the gate that was doing that um it does kind of also remind a little bit about, like, furniture design. Like, I, I think of brands like Umbra, um, just how sleek and uh, functional everything is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting brand, the, the burnt brand.
0: Well, let's get Ali in the studio.
1: We are in the studio with Allie McElraith from Burnt. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So we want to get just a little bit of a background on you. So how did you end up working at a cannabis brand?
2: It wasn't intentional by any means. My background is (laughs) in brand and brand development, and I was a consultant for about five years, and my mentor at the time took a role within Burnt. And he called me up and said, we're building out these new brands and I would like you to come work for us. And I thought, that's probably a terrible idea because I don't work well for others. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, But I have spent the first year working remotely, which is great because it plays to my strengths. But that's really the the backstory of it is just kind of getting, I guess, recruited in a sense. And I have loved it ever since. It's been really, really fun.
0: Well, And Burt has a very uh, clear design, like I'm making air quotes like designer Mm -hmm. design aesthetic. Was there a particular client or customer that Burt had in mind when going through the design phase?
2: Yeah. So our co-founders who are all really interesting, really cool people, realistically, what they wanted to do was to be able to create something that you would actually leave out in your home. So it wouldn't be something that you use and then it's oh, guests are coming over, hide everything. This is a statement piece that you would leave out. So it really was for young professionals. It wasn't to perpetuate the stoner culture by any means. It was to differentiate. And again, so many professionals use it, but it was often something that wasn't really talked about. Um, And so this was kind of the spin on it and the direction that they went. And yeah, and the aesthetic is very, very clear. Um, Burnt stands out for sure.
0: And just we maybe should have mentioned this off the top. Can you give us just a bit of background of how long has burnt been around? Like mm-hmm. I know everything is kind of a new company in the industry right now, but what's a bit of the history of the organization?
2: Yeah, truly. It's really only about two years old now. The idea came, they, um, our original co-founders crowdfunded this idea. It blew up. They had uh, tens of thousands of dollars in orders. And that was really the start. That was only 2017. They were all universes university students at the time. Then it just started snowballing. This thing took off. And now I think we're 16 different employees. We just built out a new office in Edmonton, and it just has really taken off quite quickly.
1: Awesome. And so right now the line is, I don't want to say sparely, you have, you know, a handful of SKUs. What was kind of the the inspiration behind the concrete line, and then is there are there new accessories that we can expect um, and new materials coming down the pipeline?
2: Yeah, so we have an incredible product design team, and they're always playing around. I mean, it's always really cool to be in the burnt office because there are all sorts of different things that you can find in there. But we have things. We've had quite a few products in the lineup, or I guess ready to come out into the lineup for quite a while now. It's just getting them into. Production. But we have our dugout coming out in 2020. We're playing around with new materials as well because nothing we do is really status quo and uh, we always need to be shaking things up. So we are looking at different materials right now. The concrete, I love again because it's really aesthetically beautiful. Mm -hmm. But as well, even within the burnt ceramics, I mean, the hexagon, the fact that you can put it in the freezer to have kind of that cooling effect. You can put it in the dishwasher. I mean, that's just such a win-win. Yeah. They really, our product design team just thinks of everything.
0: Have you noticed any trends in terms of where your customer bases are? Like where it's being shipped to and stuff like that? Like that would, that's kind of interesting to me because the design is so minimal, cool, gorgeous.
2: We are heavy on U.S. And I mean, we can't really ship there right now, but you wouldn't believe the it's it never ends daily. The amount of requests we get if someone can somehow figure out how to ship it to them. It's not something that we've ever um, it's not an oversight that we're not shipping to the states right now. We are actively working on make it happen. But even if you look at our social followings, 75 percent are out of the states. Only 25 percent are in Canada. So it's really skewed. I mean, I think, in my personal opinion, we are well-suited to the California market. Um, But right now we are shipping to Belgium, Australia, quite a bit of the EU. We will be in stores in the EU soon. And we've been saying this for a while, so I should be careful when I say it. But we always say, I promise we'll be in the state soon. We were saying by the end of 2019 before, and now hopefully we're saying by Spring 2020, but we are really focused on getting there because I actually think that our sales will do really, really well once we start offering
0: there. It would be such an important market California, Colorado, Michigan, Nevada for, yeah. you know, just the, the aesthetic as well as places where, where cannabis has got a good foothold anyway.
2: Yeah. And I think too our products are slightly intimidating just how uh cool they look. They sometimes the use doesn't seem as obvious. And I think when we're in a market like Canada which is so new, I mean we're what 14-15 months in now, we're not even we're, you know a lot of the market isn't really there yet. We've spent a lot of time in stores and I've spoken with a ton of retailers and they're saying most people are coming in and just need the basic information. So it's not how, what can we start doing that's new and unique and cool. It's, I don't know anything, please help me out. So I think getting into um, a few more, more mature markets will be really great for burnt design specifically.
1: Yeah, and that kind of leads great into our next question. So we wanted to talk about what's next for Burn, and um, if you go on the Burnt website, there's a new product that you guys are launching called Made By. So can you tell us about that? Yes, so Made
2: By will be launching in the next few months here, and that's artist-designed uh, single-use vaporizer pens. So we've partnered, um, and I guess the news came out a few months ago, we partnered with Valens, and so we are really excited to launch these because, especially if you in the retail space, it will stand out. I mean, it is the opposite of every other cannabis brand that you see when you think like dark, chunky from a visual standpoint, dark, chunky fonts, very much on that kind of, um, I would say, bad boy or bad girl kind of vibe. This is bright, fun colors. It is really, um, I would say, uplifting, positive language. It's just... It's something like you will never see. And I say that with a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really fun and I'm
0: really proud of it. It um, is It is cool to see something so colorful in what is seemingly a very minimalistic yeah. trending space.
1: Every vape pen I have is either black or white.
2: Yeah. And these are <laughs> not that at all. Yeah. So the designs come from an artist. Um, he is Alberta based and his, his name is Glenn Ronald super neat guy and then as well everything that we put together with this is of the highest quality which is really cool as well um there's everything in it as well as will be very pure no additives no extracts or sorry no additives no anything extra that you've added in post production Everything is pure. The hardware is of the highest quality that you can imagine. We've just partnered with all of these specific people to make the best of the best when it comes to the vaporizer. And so, yeah, it will be a standout for sure. So I'm really excited to bring that.
0: You mentioned that it was a partnership with, was it Valens? Yeah. Can you share a little bit for people who don't know what Valens is? What is that the What is that partnership?
2: So they're based out of BC and they are going to be doing our extraction. So we're doing a CO2 method. Um, it's really neat. I didn't know much about extraction before. So when as well, when we're coming to market, you'll see, um, and the creative concept that we're working on right now to bring it to market will really be transparency. So there will be nothing hidden. About anything that we do with this product, from the cannabis that we use to the extraction that we use, and then the hardware, every single feature, everything will be transparent and on display, um, which is kind of fun as well to create behind the scenes.
0: Does that, 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 Hyper transparency, it sounds like. Does that fuel creativity? Is it a challenge? Like that is, it seems like the cannabis space has this like hyper awareness of transparency because there is still a lot of education that needs to be provided to the consumer. How does that play into when you're working on things creatively? Is it pressure? Is it liberating?
2: It is. It's It's different for me, again, because my background was not in cannabis previously. So then I come into this industry and you think, great, yeah, I can talk about, I want to talk about one through 10, the following things, well, that's not allowed. So you can't speak about that or you can't use that type of language or packaging. Note you can't show any of those things. So I I often say when it comes to cannabis, if you see a brand doing it really, really well, the person behind the scenes or the team behind the scenes is quite good at what they do because we're in such restrictive areas and we can't talk about this or show this. And so I'm always impressed when I really like a brand in cannabis, you know, they're doing great job just are so restricted but yeah I think that when it comes to transparency I sometimes say that with air quotes in cannabis because it's Transparent, yes, but still you're choosing what you are and aren't showing where this we are really and I mean, the concept that we're calling is the glass box. Um, It will be very everything you'll know from where the cannabis comes from to how it's extracted to how it gets into your pen. And so yeah, it will be certainly hyper transparent and truly transparent.
1: You mentioned that the pen is single-use. So how many uses or how many pulls do you actually get off the pen? And then will there be a recycling program along with... the made by pens. Yeah,
2: so we're actually working on and and I can't say too much because it's not my area, but we are working on a recycling program right now that's beyond just throw it in this box and just, I guess you don't really know where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. So but that's not my area specifically. Um, but I know that we are working with um a partner in that area. And then as well, um, I think it'll be somewhere between 80 to 120 puffs and something that we've really focused on with the hardware. Um Is that it's kind of the idea of like actually good to the last drop. So it won't be your battery ran out and then you still have a quarter of it left. So Mm -hmm. you're really not getting the value out of it. So this will actually be charged up so that you can kind of expect, again, good to the last drop. It will, you'll be able to use all of the extract in there. Awesome.
0: Do you notice any differences between the cannabis industry in Western Canada? Versus central or eastern Canada, like the burnt logo and everything, definitely seems to leverage the Rockies and a, and a West Coast vibe. It, do you notice anything different across the markets?
2: I do. Yeah, the, I do, I guess, especially I live in Toronto and my team's in Edmonton, so I go back and forth quite often. Um, you see big differences, obviously, in the retail trends. Um, the rollout just as well from a regulatory standpoint has been so different if you go to the prairies versus coming out here, right? Alberta's mm-hmm. now up to something like 398 stores wow. where and I, I, I'm i not sure of the number on Ontario but obviously Less. it's
1: <laughs> are we, I think we're still at 25 no <laughs> like it's it's just
2: drastically different I also think Saskatchewan I think the prairies are an overlooked market Saskatchewan is a huge opportunity and I think the go-to is always when you picture Canada and you think of business Vancouver and Toronto are the big staples which makes sense the you know large populations but i would say that the prairie market is one that is quite not that uh, isn't quite as tapped into as i thought it would be or would assume it would be just based on the pure volume that they're doing even compared to population numbers Alberta and Saskatchewan are doing huge numbers in cannabis consumption but yet again it's kind of one of those things where I think it's overlooked and you always just assume to go to Toronto first. Um, But when it comes to cannabis and uh, target demographics and demographics using cannabis in general across Canada, you really kind of have your three main people, one of them being I know nothing, which is a lot of people. There's two, your high THC hunters. So they just want low price, high THC, no brand loyalty whatsoever. Or you have the people coming in saying, I've been smoking for 20, 30 years. I like one of two strains. I know what I like, and that's kind of it. And I have found those demographics pretty consistent from B.C. to the West, uh, East Coast. There we go.
0: <laughs> and do all those three demographics share any interest in design the same way? I mean, obviously, there's going to be fragments within them. But yeah. is there an interest in accessories based on your previous experience with cannabis consumption that you've noticed?
2: Well, I think uh, so far, it's kind of like the life cycle, right? You start at pre-rolls because you don't know how to roll. So when you're starting at pre-rolls, which makes a lot of sense, and then maybe you would start rolling your own now, you feel a little bit more comfortable with cannabis, you're going to start with maybe some of the more basic accessories, and then you start getting into bongs, then you start kind of going from there. But I think that we're, one, just not quite there yet in Canada, where the brand loyalty is not there at all, which is hurts my heart a little bit, being a person works and brand. But I still think it's something that companies should um, consider investing in and absolutely should be going for that. Because while it's not quite important at this very moment, it absolutely will be at one point. It's just because we're early days in the industry.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we kind of can't talk about vapes without talking about what's going on, you know, regarding health issues. But, um, What's the company's stance on vape-related illnesses? I mean, you touched on it a little bit earlier, talking about transparency. Um, but where does Burnt stand, especially now that you guys are are launching a, a vaporizer pen? I think for us, it started with
2: educating ourselves on just understanding where the illnesses come from. So looking at, OK, great, there's three different types um, of ways that you can be vaping, right? So there's a dried flower. There's a THC Turk. Uh, cartridges. And then as well, there's kind of like the uh, e-cigarette sort of thing. Great. So we started to look at that, understand that. And then we started to look at a lot of the reports and and referencing what they were saying about it. And when it came to, especially the THC cartridges, how 75% of sales were black market, which was a huge number that we thought, okay, well, this makes a little bit more sense. Then when you looked at all of the health-related incidents, when it came to the THC cartridges, every single person on there had a history of e-cigarettes as well. So it's kind of one of those things where, again, I'm just stating pure facts. I'm not saying whether which way is, um my opinion on anything. So that was the straight facts. So then I guess our opinion as a company was that we felt as though they're Especially in the states, there needs to be more regulations around yeah. this because it's really quite loose and some states are different. And so for us, how we're moving ahead um, is, as I mentioned earlier, we are doing a full spectrum, true to strain um, where cannabis is coming from. So it's one strain. There's no additives, nothing like that whatsoever. So that we're really coming from a pure standpoint. Then secondly, we're working with Health Canada. We have third bar- third parties really looking at um, t- our testing. And again, we're working alongside, as I said, with Health Canada. And we've just partnered with all the people who are the best at what they do. So it's for us, I think, something to always be concerned about. But as well, we know that we're doing everything that we can to ensure that we're not adding to anything as well. So that's just kind of, I don't know, it's a, maybe that's a bit of a non-answer as well. It was just something as though we looked at all the stats. Maybe they, I think the media reporting is a little bit interesting, as it always is. It's not just cannabis, of course. Yeah. Um, but I get the concern initially. Mm-hmm. Um That's also where we're going and my team as well on the creative side of things is when it even comes to extraction and vaping, I really didn't know anything about it previous. So now I've done my education and we're going to pass that on to the consumer as well so that it's not just, oh, smoke this. This is great. It's okay. Great. Choose this one. But here's why and here's everything that you should know as well just about um, vaping, the whole process and extraction so everyone can walk away informed and know what they're actually putting into their bodies.
1: Yeah. Amazing. I think that's really important, especially given everyone's concerns right now with yeah. vaping. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well,
0: uh, can I have one more question? Yeah. As someone who's worked in brands… Mm-hmm. What's it like to be at the precipice of an industry? Like we had this great conversation with Scott Campbell in season two of Bebo, and he talked about the power of finally being able to put an emotional connection to a cannabis brand. What's it like as a branding expert to be part of a brand new industry?
2: It's I love it. And I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm also so jealous of him being in the States and I know their brand. Well, we've certainly looked at it many of times. They get to do a bit more than we get to when it comes to creating emotional attachment. I mean, my background is in consumer psychology. So that's what I love to do is the storytelling and creating the emotion behind a company. Now, Again, in Canada, it's pulled back a bit. We can't quite do what they can do. They really have free reign, and I'm so envious of them. But I I thoroughly enjoy everything. I mean – Everything is a test now. There's no precedent. So it's not saying we can look back in five years ago, consumers were doing this and now they're doing this. No, it was literally three months ago they were doing this (laughs) and eight weeks later they're doing this. So there's no baseline. So everything really is a test for us. And I know within our company as well. We've started to shift gears for 2020, and everything is about commercialization and formalization in our business, even creatively. What can we do to start to create a process? Then we're going to, as soon as made by launches, we're going to look back, test it, and really I hope to start creating our own statistics and things that I can test and measure against because – there is n- nothing really out there to look to.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming down today, Allie. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having
0: me. Thank you so much for listening today. We are so grateful when you share on a high and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. We would love to hear what you think via Twitter at B of C underscore Canada. Until next time, I'm Donna Bishop. And I'm Michelle Villada And we look forward to you joining us again soon. This is Jay Rosenthal, co-founder of Business of Cannabis. This is a Business of Cannabis production.